Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hello there and welcome back to Euronet Plus Panorama. On Saturday the 1st of July, the baton of the Council Presidency passed from Sweden to Spain. So what do the next six months look like in terms of policy and focus? Several challenges lie ahead, but the current Spanish government is working hard to ensure a fluid transition. Sweden's Prime Minister Ulf Kristersson thinks it will be smooth sailing, as he said at the press conference following last week's European Council on Sweden's last day in the driving seat. His reflections are shared by our German partner station AMS. This third Swedish presidency is now over. But the efforts, I think, to make Europe safer, greener and freer, they continue. The question on such a transition is what the new presidency's priorities will be over the next six months. In his official address on the occasion of the College of Commissioners' visit to the Spanish presidency in Madrid on Monday the 3rd of July, Spain's Premier Pedro Sánchez threw a spotlight on four key areas of focus. The first of these, of course, is Ukraine, today and in the future. The Russian aggression has shaken the foundations of the international community of an international order based on rules and has brought back concerns and old ghosts that we thought we had overcome. But it must be clear to the whole world that we will not back down an inch, that the Union will stand by Ukraine for the duration of this invasion and that it will do so in the long and prosperous peace that will follow, hopefully sooner rather than later. And indeed, it's highly symbolic that on the first day of the Spanish presidency, Sánchez made a trip to Kyiv to meet with President Zelensky. Former EU Commissioner Maria Gabriel who left her EU role to join the new government in Sofia as Foreign Minister and Deputy Prime Minister, is also keen to show Bulgaria's support for Ukraine, something that has not always been crystal clear. She is speaking to BNR. Of course, we are all called upon to be active and united in support of Ukraine. I will also say that this support for Ukraine is very important for Bulgaria's new government, and we have expressed it in several different ways. Another priority of the Spanish presidency is continuing to strengthen Europe's strategic autonomy, as the Spanish premier explains. Secondly, we discussed another major challenge facing the Union, and that is reducing external vulnerabilities, reinforcing what we call open strategic autonomy so that the supply problems, the inflationary spiral caused by the pandemic, by the bottlenecks in the global supply chain and also the conflict with Russia, do not recur. The international order is changing and Europe must change accordingly. We need to increase our production capacity, strengthen our technological leadership and ensure our economic security. A large part of this reindustrialization exercise relates to the European defence industry. In an interview with Cuckoo Radio, Vivian Lunella, head of the European Commission representation in Estonia, explains that there is now a clear understanding, all across Europe, that we must be able to defend ourselves. Russia managed to send more explosives to Ukraine in one day than EU companies can produce in a whole month. We need to see what can be done to speed up the production of ammunition. Half of the work is done. 
The shells that member states had in stock have been sourced, and 220,000 of them have been sent to Ukraine. Another thing that has been agreed is joint procurement. And thirdly, the European Commission came out with a proposal a couple of weeks ago on how to speed up all the regulations within the European Union so that we can start producing more quickly. This is exactly what the Spanish presidency has named as a key priority. Negotiators from the Parliament Commission and Spanish Council Presidency met on Thursday in the hope of securing an agreement on ASAP, the Act in Support of Ammunition Production, ASAP. In addition, over the next six months, the European Defence Agency's Capability Development Plan is likely to be approved. Madrid's work does not stop there as the Spanish Premier goes on to explain. Thirdly, we have discussed progress on the ecological transition. The Spanish government is very much involved in environmental adaptation, which is, as you know, one of the main priorities of the Spanish presidency. But that's not all. And finally, we discussed the migration and asylum pact. The Swedish presence has done a great job, and I would like to highlight this. And our will, that of the Spanish government, that of our country, is to build on what has already been achieved and forge the compromises that will allow us to reach a balanced agreement in which we all feel comfortable and also represented. Yes, the Spanish presidency also has to ensure that the texts of the reformed Migration and Asylum Pact are firmly on their way to being signed off by all three EU institutions by March next year. The reform was hammered out by the Council a month ago, but has yet to be agreed by the Parliament. It states that a certain number of successful migrants and asylum seekers will be relocated within the bloc each year, with each member state allocated its fair share. But there is vocal opposition to this element of the pact from certain quarters of the EU, Poland for one. Rafał Bochenek, a spokesperson from the country's ruling Law and Justice Party, stresses that a voluntary relocation mechanism is still in force and a compulsory one cannot be imposed. Migration policy should be left to the member states, especially since, according to the Treaty on the Functioning of the European Union, with Article 79, Paragraph 5, migration policy is the domain of EU member states and each state should conduct this migration policy independently. Poland's Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, has suggested he may even hold a referendum on the pact. This could possibly take place in October to coincide with the national elections. And the pact was one of the main topics of his talks with the Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Meloni, during the latter's visit to Warsaw on Wednesday, a visit covered by Polsky Radio. During a press conference attended by both PMs, Morawiecki stressed that Poland would not be changing its position on forced relocation and that it has an ally in Italy. Sealing the external borders is a fundamental issue for us, and that is why our government, Poland, does not agree with illegal immigration. We also do not agree with any penalties being imposed on us for non-admission. Georgia also understands this very well, and at the European Council this mutual understanding could also be felt. Over the coming months, one other issue likely to be high on the agenda is Romania and Bulgaria's membership of Schengen, the European visa-free zone. Madrid has thrown its weight behind the two countries' accession and will attempt to make headway at the Justice and Home Affairs Council in October. 
If Europe's interior ministers can be convinced to vote unanimously, the rest of the procedure will be a mere formality. The process is currently at a standstill due to the reservations of two key countries, Austria and the Netherlands. One of their fears, reports Radio Romania, is that Romania and Bulgaria's membership could lead to increased illegal migration from Europe's southeastern corner. Nevertheless, Bucharest and Sofia are feeling hopeful that Spain's presidency could mark a turning point for their Schengen prospects. Romania's brand-new PM, Marcel Ciolacu, confirmed this during a visit to Berlin on Tuesday at a joint press conference with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Romania îndeplinit toate cerințele tehnice pentru aderarea la spațiul Schengen. Cunoaștem... Romania has met all the technical requirements for accession to the Schengen area. We know that the Schengen accession package consists of Romania and Bulgaria. Bulgaria is still awaiting a report on the cooperation and verification mechanism. Romania has passed this point. It no longer has the mechanism imposed by the European Commission. I would like to thank not only the Chancellor, but also Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, who also supports Romania's accession to the Schengen area. I am firmly convinced that the Romanian representation to the European Commission, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the President of Romania, all of us in the coming period, will be committed to this challenge under the Spanish Presidency. During Ciolacu's visit, Chancellor Schultz gave the two countries his full support. After all, he said, they have fulfilled the criteria that were set. AMS shares his comments. We are constantly arguing with our sceptical friends in the European Union, not only at the official meetings, but also in between them. And it is indeed the case that the Spanish Council Presidency has set itself the goal of achieving movement and breakthroughs here. Until they succeed, it is hard to speculate about what they will look like. But from my point of view, we are talking about full accession to the Schengen area. I think that is the right thing to do. The fact that Spain is now set to go to the polls just three weeks into the Council Presidency is raising eyebrows, though says Luxembourg's national broadcaster 100.7. The elections on the 23rd of July could end up showing popular support for far-right party Vox, leading to a significant shift in the politics of the Iberian nation. Although at the press conference in Madrid on Monday, Sanchez would not be drawn on national politics, Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen expressed confidence in Spain's ability to deliver on its European remit, regardless of the outcome. Whatever the results of the elections are, I trust that the Spanish government and the institutions will be able to deliver an effective presidency, and I have full confidence in Spain's deep European spirit. That's all for this week. Make sure you come back next week for another look around the Euronet Plus network.